0: 80% of the population has to have a really bad trip they have to see through lived experience that oh this system that i that i've been living under my whole life doesn't actually work it's not actually real i shouldn't be subject to the orders of another human being that should tell me how i should operate in any capacity and these people shouldn't be controlling money Hey,
1: everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either.
2: But it helps. Welcome to High Hash Rate. I'm opening the show for the first time in a while, so I was a little rusty. But uh, today we're talking to Jared Weber. Um, Weber, actually. Weber, excuse me. We we didn't spell it wrong, but I pronounced it wrong. Um he is the acceleration pleb. Uh or that's uh what he writes under
0: that's my his, handle on, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, for his handle on Substack. And uh he wrote an article called What is Acceleration Theory? So we're gonna get into that today. Um, but just want to introduce Jared and say, What's up, man? Thanks for coming on high hash rate.
0: Yeah, no problem.
2: So um, oh, yeah. I'll
0: ask you some questions first. So, like uh uh mike i what, what do you do what's uh how did you get into bitcoin all right
1: um i do video content and i'm a classically cha- trained film director
0: oh no wait, you're into film
1: yes who's your favorite very director of all time it's a very hard question um but i could tell you my the instrumental movie of my life of all time. Okay, sure. That's it's obviously of every white male who's within the range of 30 and 40. It's a Fight Club.
0: Okay, I love Fight Club. I oh, wouldn't yeah. put in my top three. I'd say like Kubrick, Coppola, and maybe Tarantino.
1: What was the middle one?
0: uh coppola
1: francis Ford coppola oh coppola oh. Co- okay coppola, Cop- coppola. Yeah. okay you call
0: yeah
1: got it okay okay nice. uh and how i got into bitcoin uh not to go to you know down a rabbit hole here but i i watched a movie i watched banking on bitcoin that's how i got it
0: okay is that a youtube documentary
1: it's a documentary that exists on netflix right now it's uh mm. it just great. goes into what Bitcoin is in, in a way and how it was, how it came to be.
0: Hmm, that's funny. You got orange build from a Netflix documentary.
1: Oh
2: yeah.
0: Like you think they would have taken it down by now. Yeah.
1: Look, we, we all find our way into this thing yeah, exactly. in our, down our own little, you know, niche.
0: Yeah. Which is kind of that's right. Like
2: Yeah. It's like you were, you love film. So you were primed to be captured by the, like the way that they portrayed this abstract idea in a film. And it made sense to you because you're a film guy, so you knew, like the way that they were demonstrating or the way that they were framing things, it made sense to you. That's interesting.
0: I think that's really interesting because I'm also pretty into film. Like, I consider myself a cinephile. I guess a minor cinephile. Like, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about uh, why a director cho- chose to uh, shoot something from a certain angle or something like that, right? And. Uh, where other people are obsessed with actors i become obsessed with directors like i'm obsessed with uh francis ford uh, coppola martin scorsese uh tarantino like uh i'm into 70s movies i my favorite uh era of film was definitely the, definitely the 70s
2: okay uh we did you always have that passion or like that uh interest or was it were you into films in a different way when you were younger and then you became like obsessed with the directors when you got older like how did that uh, where did that come from where did this whole thing I always
0: come from? loved movies but i think in the past couple of years i really got uh deeper into that or like seeing the uh philosophy behind a story like yeah there's the entertainment aspect but there's also like it has a meaning the story's trying to show something and i gravitated towards uh movies more where there was like a message to it or like, you know, for example, Stanley Kubrick, right? Where he, so he plans his movie so intricately that there's like hidden meaning behind everything. And there's so many things to dissect after you watch right. it.
2: Oh. Um, did you, have you made film or did you ever want to pursue that?
0: Um, No, I've never, well, with me writing articles now, uh, I would like to learn how to edit and stuff like that. So I could turn it into video essays, right? because not everybody's going to read an article people right. now they want like short form video content and stuff like that so i'd have to learn how to edit first but yeah that is definitely something that interests me
1: um it's it's just a tool by the way it's just like learning any sort of language you know what
0: i mean uh it's yeah easy, uh, you uh, just what, to what, what just, recommend first for like learning how to edit
1: uh i mean there's there's several facets but um I mean and and ways that you would might prefer. Uh there's lots of different softwares. Uh but the main thing is just to start something and then see yeah. how the feeling of that is. Learn by that's doing, learn by yeah. creating.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I've been doing with uh with writing these articles and stuff, right? Like right. Exploring. I'd say I've always been pretty good at writing. I was good at that in English class and stuff. But uh just as I got into writing this article, I like that you come to understand it better as you're doing it as you write it, it just triggers your brain to fire in different neural pathways that bring you're encoding. the ending of you're, things right
2: yeah you're encoding ideas like something yeah. that was just floating in your head and you're encoding it and you're writing it down and then yeah you, you can start building around it and like uh yeah it's like it's like it's like, it's like writing code really yeah you, you you're writing code and you're and you're just trying to get something that you put in something like a, some numbers and it spits out some numbers on the other end and you do some calculations and hope that it's accurate every time. Right. And you yeah. just start building. And then you just like, all right, can I can add this, add this. It's like a canvas and you're just paint it with code and you start to build this scaling application that uh, tons of people use or can make all these calculations, but it's your, you're telling a story in a different way. Like some people are writing it. Some people are, portraying a story on film some people are telling you a story in code um you're following this path and you get deterministic outcomes um exactly you know what i mean so you you have this passion what and you you're looking into get into writing more into possibly making these uh video essays but what do you do what is your day job
0: uh i'm only 20 years old so right right now i work uh I, I do dishes at a bar.
2: <laughs> uh, dude, that's exactly what I did in college. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after the Air Force, actually, I fucking oh, yeah. loved it. It was a, a fucking. Uh, I kind of miss the kitchen sometimes. Um, the. What is your? You know, I guess. Do you have any specific career or thing that you're chasing right now, or that you're?
0: Um. I feel like I would be good at sales as just a temporary method to bring in a decent source of income. But the thing I I love most right now is Bitcoin. It's been my obsession for about three years. Um, And I just see, I'm not exactly sure, yeah, I buy it, but I'm not, I know there's something for me building on Bitcoin in some sort of way. I'm not sure what that is yet, but I don't know how to write code, but I know how to write words. So, I see the best way for me to contribute value at this time is to write articles, make content about it, and yeah, it starts with articles, then you know turn that into video content, any other type of uh medium that can get it out to people and maybe help them understand it in a way that they never thought about it like that before.
1: you ever um, write a, uh, you ever write a script by the way
0: um, I've came up with like vague plots for things that I'd maybe write a script about, but, uh, never actually sat down and tried to write a script, but shit. I,
1: well, if you want to learn how to edit, that's the first, that's, uh, that's the first editing, you know, software you need to learn.
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's true.
1: uh, Code code is a
2: script. Yeah. That's what they call it. You're writing scripts. Like that's, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: I, I but, but, okay, I'm sorry to cut. I don't want to go down a total tangent, but I do have, I want to ask this question. Right you ahead. mentioned these, um, these classic uh, directors for the yeah. films that you were mentioning. You said Coppola, Scorsese, Kubrick. Um, I'd be curious, what do you have any opinion on paintings? What kind of, are you familiar with uh, painters or or various styles?
0: not really uh like i looked at an art gallery when i was on acid once and i thought that was pretty cool but like that's
2: where it starts i have have,
0: like an appreciation for painted art but i've never gone down the rabbit hole of like looking who created it and like going deep into learning about it the way that i've done with like music or cinema
1: well the only reason why i ask there is a crossover between these two um uh, mediums of art you know We in film school used to study paintings.
0: Yeah, Hmm.
1: because of the because of the lighting, really. Oh yeah, and and the the, you capture a scene. The the lighting, the lighting, the you know all the other aspects that make up the word you're looking for is composition. You know how you look around the whole piece, whatever composition,
0: make something look more realistic or to. Or impressionistic, uh, you know, yeah, stylistic. That, you use that in the way that you portray the story, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. This is like yeah. the, the visual way that you portray the story actually is the is the means of communication. So it's um in in addition to the the voice, or in 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 addition to the sound. So these mm-hmm. two things are paired together, and uh, you hear me talking, and you see me my lips move, and uh, you sort of pair these things together, but you can completely change. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but you can completely change those two tracks of visual and audio. Yeah. So visual itself, yeah. I can. I say something. If I'm this close to you, it says something about me and you and who you're listening to, as opposed to, you know, how uh, how affected are you by my image now? You know what I mean? Just yeah, that, less That, affected, sim- so that simple difference
0: character
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's these are just visual cues, right? Um, that's a good. Yeah, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Um, so you, you're, you're kind of obsessed with with film, with art, with uh, philosophy, with writing. Yeah. Um, but you said your biggest, you know, obsession or thing that you've been your interest right the last three years is Bitcoin. So you found Bitcoin as a teenager. Oh yeah, when I was eighteen, I
0: think
2: yeah. And what? what was your first like interaction with it? Like, did you use it first or were you like Mike, he watched the documentary and started thinking about it. And then he started. uh,
0: This is kind of a funny story. The first time I heard about it, I think I was 15 and uh, me and my friend, we were screwing around on the dark web and uh, we found a vendor selling fake currency and we're like, yo, let's buy this fake currency. We'll go to the mall and buy a bunch of shit. And like, you know, (sighs) stupid 15 year old shit, right? And uh, I go to my dad and I'm like, hey, can I have my passport? I want to buy this thing called Bitcoin. And he's like, what's Bitcoin? I'm like, oh, it's a cryptocurrency. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew I wanted to buy fake money so I could go like buy a bunch of clothes at the mall or some shit like that, right? And uh, he said no, because he didn't know anything about it. Fell through, didn't end up doing that. Fast forward to 2020, my dad gets introduced to Bitcoin through one of his, um, a mutual friend through real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, He reads the Bitcoin standard. He tells me about it. I read the Bitcoin standard. I'm like, hmm, like this is pretty interesting. Kind of start going down the rabbit hole. I just turned 18. So I was finally legally able to buy it through an exchange, signed up for uh, an exchange in Canada, bought some, then just got completely fucking hooked in the past three years. Uh have <laughs> uh basically just dedicated my life to learning about it.
2: Hell yeah. Did you um did you have your shit coining phase? Did you like try uh, to do the flip, you know, DeFi and all that?
0: Yeah, I did for about uh yeah. about six months. And luckily, uh after going to some local Bitcoin meetups, once I met some like hardcore maxis in real life, they set me straight. Uh Was fortunate actually. That's how that's how it should work, you know. A massive loss, right? So yeah, yeah, didn't have to learn the hard way. So
2: I think that's good. I think that's good. I think to an extent, I was influenced by the some of the old maxi hardheads because it was like I was never when I, I shit coined like I I never cared about any of that, but it was like oh I could make some money off of this if I'm if I'm more clever if I do this like more sophisticated but i i I always lost i always ended up like doing even if i made some money it was like all the effort i put into it all my time was not worth it you know what i mean so it was like it it made me think about my time and i think that when you think about the relationship between bitcoin and time and how you're buying time and how it's you know efficient in um keeping that value over time right like it's time is money and you realize like i don't have time for this shit
0: i don't think any of the shit coins offer like an accompanying an accompanying philosophy that comes alongside it right Uh like gives you any sort of actual value to your life other than you become convinced that it's going to go up and you'll you'll make uh you'll cash it out for some fiat something that's statistically going to go to zero why would you hold an asset that you plan on cashing out into a currency that is right always going to go to zero. Um,
1: yeah, you know, it just you, occurred you, to me how valuable it is at twenty years old that you understand fiat currency. Yeah, yeah, right. just got to say, wow.
2: Um, we so it sounds like you you read the fiat or the Bitcoin standard pretty early on. It was like one of your first interactions, um, but you mentioned like these other coins don't have like a accompanying philosophy that add value to your life, which is a great summary of how i look at Bitcoin as well. Um, when was it, how early on did you realize that that accompanying philosophy and that value that is, does not come from the exchange price? When did you realize that there was that value?
0: Um. I'm not uh, much of a technical guy. Like I said, I've always been a philosophical guy. But Mm -hmm. from what I've read of the technical shit, just uh, realizing that it can't be fucked with. Once I realized, like, oh, like, this is actually the only thing Mm -hmm. ever created by humans that can't be changed by humans. That's That's interesting.
2: That's an interesting thing to say. Yeah. Like, uh, it's the only thing that humans created that we lost control of. Yeah, individually, individually, collectively, we all we come to consensus. We can we can control the protocol. Either
1: either everyone has control or no one has control.
2: But it has. I mean, there has to be so much cooperation between people for that. It's crazy, but it happens. It does happen. The insane amount of human cooperation, stuff that would seem impractical, impossible today, still happens on Bitcoin. That's I would also yeah.
0: say that um, before Bitcoin, probably my main obsession was psychedelics.
2: When did that start? How how early?
0: Um, was kind of interested at around fourteen. I actually ended up trying it at sixteen. What Would you try first? Um, acid, I think.
2: Okay. Yeah. Went right right to it.
0: Yeah. How was your first experience?
2: Does it like so you went into it like dude? I'm gonna try this. Were you nervous or did you like um, have a great experience?
0: I had a great experience actually. What uh what surprised me about it is I was gonna microdose it, right? Like I I bought mm-hmm. it for the intention of microdosing it, so I diluted it into a bottle, about a hundred micrograms. And uh me and my friends were like hanging out one there, like oh I, like try like drink it. So I started like drinking it, whatever, and I thought I was gonna be really fucked up. But I wasn't actually, you know, uh, super fucked up like you could get if you if you drank, yeah. lunch, right? I'm just like, oh, things are moving. Music sounds better. Like, I'm just like kind of in a different state of mind. And then just like found later uh, the introspection you can get from it, uh, mm-hmm. all the different benefits from it. And I'm like, oh, well, the government lied about this shit. <laughs> what else are they lying about? It open my mind to new ideas it was you know, 16 years old, watching a bunch of Joe Rogan, just going down the rabbit hole of like, oh, the reality that you knew may not be as real as you think it is.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I went through all those, I went through all those phases. I was just a few years ahead of you yeah. <laughs> in age, but, uh, it's maybe you're, you're lucky. You got that stuff earlier than I did.
0: Well, so, uh, all my friends have always been older than me. Okay. Just always gravitated towards older people. Uh, everybody's just always said that I've been more mature for my age. I guess.
2: Uh, it sounds like it. but so you had a great first time on psychedelics, and you got kind of obsessed with psychedelics. Oh yeah. But but part of the real value from psychedelics is not just the really fun experiences, right? Like it's the yeah it's the, the bad scary trip. experience, the bad trips, right? Yeah.
0: My first experience on shrooms or I guess second, uh, like experience with a higher dose, uh, was really, uh, the, like the principles, that basically were instilled to me through this trip was like, uh, delayed gratification, stay away from any sort of behavior that gives you, uh, instant gratification, stay away from the dopamine trap, actually spend time in nature. Don't be worrying about things that make you happy now. And um, yeah, I've just, or the principles of like Taoism or Stoicism, like those kind of principles.
2: Stoicism, yes, it's... yeah.
0: Yeah, basically instilled to me. In, oh, time
2: preference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. To make it short, like I've had the principles of Taoism and Stoicism instilled to me through psychedelic trips when I didn't already know about it. And then I found by happenstance, I actually stumbled on to learning about these philosophies a couple of weeks later. And I'm like, wait, those are just all the things that I thought about while I was tripping, you know? And it's uh, like,
2: it's like, it's like the, like Brandon Quittam's, like mycelium theory, or it's like, it's, you know, it was always out there and it used its, you know, mycelium, like the connections, the net like the connections that we can't see in the physical space to, uh, to just kind of turn you in that direction. And you found what you are looking for.
0: Yeah. Like oh, yeah. there's um, a guy, Brian Marescu, and he wrote a book basically explaining how every major religion was created uh, by people that experienced psychedelics. and um, sure. And then as time went on, these religions became centralized, started controlling people. Mm-hmm. Psychedelics are like decentralized mm-hmm. access to your own consciousness and uh, a form of like religion or developing your own philosophy or spirituality. And Bitcoin is decentralized access to storing your wealth. So there's a big connection there.
2: Totally. I just wanted to touch on what you just kind of said there about the decentralization, uh, how religions became centralized, et cetera. There's something about stoicism uh, some of the teachings of like the, uh, like 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 you mentioned Taoism like in the East, right? Like the they're they're very inward looking, um, very notice your the surround your surroundings, the universe, and like you can, can start to find patterns, and you can start to find truth on your own through observation and through inward reflection. You don't have to look to, you know, like a priest or a church or uh, some entity to give you the truth. You can control your mind, control your body, and you can find the truth on your own just by paying attention closely to reality and to yourself. And one of the ways that I think, as you mentioned, Bitcoin kind of connects with that is because understanding Bitcoin and the protocol starts to teach you about incentives and teach you about energy and, and math, you know, mathematics and things that are reproducible and things that you can use cryptography or entropy to basically guarantee that, um, you know, something can't be hacked for so to speak. Right. And you study this, you study this network and you pay close attention to the money and everything that it touches and you start to find truth in the, you know, by understanding people's incentives, you can start to see how they're going to behave in certain situations. And you can, you can start to gather truth about the, uh, about the history, about the present, about, uh, prices, everything. Um, they're studying it. So I think that's like kind of the connection that I would make between those two. I don't know if you agree with that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, what I would say is that, um, so Bitcoin is, uh, A money that's directly connected to energy, right? Yeah. Fiat, very loosely connected to energy. What does that lead to? Uh, The incentive incentivizing producing foods that don't give you that much energy, junk food, uh, fucking up the food pyramid and saying fruit loops are better for you than red meat or or some bullshit like that. Or being fat is healthy. Less uh, energy available to your prefrontal cortex. Which leads to less ability to reason, uh, higher time preference thinking. What does fiat do? Because it's a low energy form of money, it in, it uh, directly correlates to lower abilities of consciousness. Right.
2: Right. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of back I, to I, the point. Go ahead, Mike.
1: I just want to say it. Just it makes me think of this dichotomy between Bitcoin. And fiat um it's like if you're saying that bitcoin is like this energy money <laughs> sort of building this energy network right it seems to me that fiat has the opposite force in terms of physics it's basically this sucking constantly thing so it's just sucking energy just all it is yeah. is sucking
2: energy. yeah you have to put out more you have to expend more energy than output you're um producing
0: yeah and it leads to stupid programs for renewable like this
2: one
0: (laughs) renewable energy that actually are just cost the uh, the taxpayers a bunch of money but doesn't actually make more energy
2: yeah you just get more debt and you get less returns from that debt.
0: it's a completely warped system right and it's plato's allegory of the cave right like the people so entrapped in the system of fiat, they they only know that. So Bitcoiners are like the one guy that got the chains chopped off, walked out of the cave, saw a more objective version of reality, saw not shadows, but like 3D objects with light, came back, didn't have the language to explain to them what he just saw and mm-hmm. what did they do to make sure they killed that guy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. So... I think what I was about to say and what you're saying, they kind of overlap because I was going to say that do you, because of the experiences we've had or, or the the way we think about the world, like we're kind of led by like you were led by the mushrooms to Taoism and, and Stoicism. Yeah, or is something leading people to Bitcoin? So it's like you can almost predict based on somebody's behavior or their the way they think that they would be pre predisposed to be like an early adopter to bitcoin
0: um so i think that's like the sigma archetype kind of thing right they're like someone who maybe naturally never uh gave into authority someone who's like curious maybe spent like more time alone people never really got them they always made their own way in life Right. And then, you know, because you act that way, you probably have negative ex- experiences with authority in the first place while you're growing up, having that. So then for the rest of your life, you're kind of like, I don't trust the people that I'm told I'm supposed to trust. Right. So you have that real world experience. And then you're naturally curious, stumble onto Bitcoin somehow, and it just kind of clicks for you. And yeah. I'd equate the getting Bitcoin on the moment where you're like, oh shit, I get it. So that uh, moment similar on psychedelics where you're like, oh, right, I get it. It's the same kind exact, of
2: thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It is exactly like that, in my experience.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people would agree with that too.
2: And so what you you wrote the art this article, what is the acceleration theory? And you kind of talk and kind of what we've had this conversation about here about who Bitcoiners are, how we think, and how because we found this technology uh and the amount of people who are finding it keeps growing but it's there's kind of a limit on who's gonna find this on their own and, and be able to rethink the concept of what money and value is that yeah what do you what do you think is going to force the rest to come to this conclusion
0: i think it has to be an uncomfortable experience right like just like well,
2: psychedelics, right? Like when, you're, yeah. when you actually have a breakthrough.
0: Yeah, the bad trips. It has to be a bad right. trip. Everybody that doesn't get Bitcoin that doesn't fit this archetype that maybe is compatible to actually be able to understand it. Eighty percent of the population has to have a really bad trip. They have to see through lived experience that oh, this system that I that I've been living under my whole life doesn't actually work not actually real i shouldn't be subject to the orders of another human being that should tell me how i should operate in any capacity and these people shouldn't be controlling money
2: right and but here's the thing i definitely agree with you on this but i think there's some bitcoiners who think that they're going to be kind of on this they're in this exception list of like that everybody's going to have this bad trip society's going to break down and the Bitcoiners are going to somehow have their citadels already built and they're going to be safely away from all the carnage. But part of the reason that so many Bitcoiners found Bitcoin because they were also into stoicism, well, there's a reason we had to learn stoicism, right? Because we're going to have to also, we're going to, or we're going to be affected by that bad trip.
0: Yeah. And where did stoicism originate? A rich guy had his boat sunk and lost his entire net worth that's how it started, right? <laughs> so how are these people going to learn that through lived experience? How did stoicism start through somebody's extremely unfortunate lived experience?
2: What do you think are going to be some of the catalysts or the causes of this bad trip? Do you think it's going to come on super hard, like DMT, or do you think it's going to be like a slow, anxiety riddled uh come up like you know maybe mushrooms when you had too many mushrooms
0: um i would hope it's quick like ripping off the band-aid right like right just uh that's kind of like kind of what i'm arguing for and i do have an an ethical argument against it for like promoting this kind of shit but you know just think about what's been happening lately just this year alone way more uh lgbtq flags everywhere uh White House having the fucking the gay party on their front lawn where there's people running around topless and all this like complete clownery, right? This kind of stuff. Mike's Mike
2: Mike sent that me happens. one of those pictures. He thought it was it a, he thought it was a chick. And he thought she was hot.
0: When just... when you have to take a wheelbarrow of cash to go buy a soda, yeah, that's when that happens, like in third world countries, Venezuela, uh, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, this is where we're seeing the highest rates of adoption. Because their governments are so corrupt, it got to that point so quickly.
2: So, yeah, it's, it sort of does feel like that. Um, It almost feels like the way that they're handling the, you know, the raising the rates, it just kind of thrown us into the inflation is like the way they handled pulling out of Afghanistan where it was just so we're going to manage this. It's going to be fine. It's going to go, you know, they're going to be, able to hold back the taliban and boom the taliban moved in in like a week and took the capital it was chaos and they just yeah. t- completely drove them out and it was like a total collapse and, and it was like they knew it was going to be a collapse and they lied to us the whole time and just let it and then they just pulled the rug and i think that that's kind of what's about. coming with the economy
0: that war was really about protecting opium fields for big pharma companies in right. america
2: i was in the air force i was i used to we used to fly over there man when i knew
0: you yeah. planes <laughs> personally
2: no, I was on. I was in the back of the plane of a reconnaissance uh, plane. But um, what's that? Are you a gunner? No, no, I was an uh, engineer.
0: Oh, okay. Um, you flew in the back of the fighter jets, or like what? Not kind?
2: fighter jets. It was a spy plane.
0: Oh shit! Like uh, the Blackbird.
2: It's. It was called the Rivet Joint.
0: That's what they called the Blackbirds, or no? That's it?
2: what they called what I flew on the Rivet Joint.
0: Shit. I'm yeah. not sure what that is. I'm not familiar with it. But.
2: That's because we're extra good at staying secret.
0: You're you guys are American, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't need to like get super specific, but like whereabouts, like what state? I'm in Omaha. Oh wow! Like for, like uh, fucking note in the country there.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a city, but yeah, it's surrounded oh, by Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. City, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah.
0: Yeah, been in NBA <laughs> team. I'm, I'm in yeah.
1: Southern California.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Film director, uh, film guy.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Actually, we were just talking
1: about this, about where you're from sort of affects this personality of you. Of yeah, course. That's it's, true. It's, that's
0: oh true. yeah. Like um, being from Canada, I don't know if you know, but our, uh, our fucking prime minister is fucked. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like communist, He's. I'm. I'm 99% sure he's uh, Fidel Castro's son.
2: Oh yeah, that's a. That's kind of like, it's one of. It's like the Epstein meme. It was a meme yeah. at first, but it's. It's because it's real.
0: <laughs> his mom was a groupie for the Rolling Stones.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. We. Uh, yeah. I know all about Trudeau. I know about his uh, stint as a high school teacher. Yeah. And yeah. And
0: then he became prime minister, and people are like, "Oh, he's he's handsome. He's young. He'll be good." Yeah. Fucking five years later, look what's happened.
2: Well, we you're not the first Canadian we've had on the show, and you're yeah. and you all have about the same opinion of your dear Prime Minister. Um, do you think that there's any chance that that other guy that kind of said he likes he's Bitcoin is kind of yeah? Do you think he's got a chance?
0: Well, that's kind of the argument that I'm like making in this is that Trudeau orange pills more people than the Conservatives, right? Because when he confiscated everybody's bank accounts, that's right, right, exactly. These, like does all this crazy shit. Nobody agrees with them. Nobody actually likes them. But the more pissed off that people get, once they get to a a certain point of being so uncomfortable that they're like, all right, I can't deal with this anymore, that's when they actually try and make change. We're so comfortable in today's society with all our Netflix or fucking social media. We're we're just too comfortable that we we won't actually get up and fight for a change that we want until we're so uncomfortable that we feel we have no other choice. It has to
2: be. I think it, you know something that I I agree with you on this, and I but I'm hopeful because you know before this year, uh, you know some company would do something they'd make a political point or they'd have some kind of ad or they'd sponsor some athlete who's controversial and people would you know make a big fuss on social media they were going to boycott and I you know if anything that that brand or that company actually saw sales increase because of the controversy. So like these boycotts, these calls for change or whatever, they were, uh, you know, there was nothing behind them. And then this year, you know, you've got the Bud Light controversy, you got Target, you've got all these other recent events and these boycotts have been announced and then they're actually affecting, like it's it's damaging the sales of these companies. Like, pretty severely. And it's, it, I feel like in this inflationary environment, in the, in the, like these economic rough times that we've been kind of slowly moving into, um, people are getting to the point where they're pissed. They don't have that much money and it just takes one little thing to piss them off or to set them off or to make them passion, feel passionate enough to make a change to their like spending habits or their shopping habits or their daily habits. And that's all it takes is that tiny, adjust of habit. And I think we're kind of getting, getting to that point very- and, and, and that's why Bitcoin's getting more popular and people are like CBDCs, fuck no.
0: But like, think about this. Why why would that company make such a terrible business decision? It's because they have the ESG score related to BlackRock, which is directly tied to the money printer that they can yeah. get built out. If they like who in their right mind would make a business decision that's stupid So it's, yeah, you're right. College to be their marketing head of marketing.
2: And it's, it's that's where fiat fails because your incentives get misaligned. Their business depends on making sales and having, you know, you need at least to be supported by the public to be a high, make a lot of sales to, uh, If they go against those interests, they have to, to get the ESG score, to get the listing in the stock indexes and the ETFs in the index funds, to get the cheap financing, yada, yada, yada. Their incentives are, they're chasing the contillionaire printer at the expense of everything that's real behind that company.
0: And none of it's real. Right. It creates a complete distortion. That people don't realize that's every single aspect of society that just dis, uh, distorts people's view of reality on every aspect of society.
2: They they claim to have people will claim to have morals or claim to have principles, and then you'll see them quickly abandon it for you know a paycheck, uh anything, some kind of sponsor, some kind of just act special access. As soon as it, it comes available to them, they'll take it because. That's a lifeline, right? Like that's your, you're still, you're like a leech still got a hold of the skin. You're still sucking blood.
0: And I've heard like this objection before that like, well, you say Bitcoin's going to take over and all this stuff, but aren't the whales right now that got in it early? If what you're saying is true and it catches on and Bitcoin becomes the dominating currency of the world, won't the whales now just become the new source of power and abuse that? Well, I'm like... Yeah. Theoretically, they could abuse the power that they have from having that much capital at their disposal, but they can't control the rules of how that money operates where that's the system. That's how the system works now. And that's ultimately a better system.
2: They're incentivized to be more cooperative and to be more honest. Yeah, You know, there's still always going to be competition. There's always going to be clever ways to manipulate you, whatever. People will always find that. But they're incentivized to not to, to stay within like a certain boundary. Yeah. So it constrains power.
0: Yeah. You're not, um, you can't falsify things to bring yourself to a state of power that you wouldn't have normally been able to attain.
2: Right. You can't right. attain power. Any, you don't have an advantage over anybody else in the you sense that a
0: yeah. on, on standard.
2: Right.
1: It makes me think, uh, this nice little image came to my mind of uh, Bitcoin being the candy and fiat being the wrapper. So you like take off the wrapper yeah. off the candy?
0: Well, when it wouldn't exist without like fiat. What's yeah. that? Fiat had to come along first for Bitcoin to exist.
1: You're right. Just a different transition of money, I suppose. I mean, it went from well, gold, that, gold to I, fiat. Maybe that is gold.
2: Honestly, that is... a. Um... Kind of a simple but also deep observation. Like you could probably do a whole episode of this on. Did fiat have to come before Bitcoin? could, uh, could like always, chicken and you know egg I mean? situation. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, I don't want to sidetrack on that. Yeah. Uh I do want to know. <laughs> so you, I've read this article. How how many articles have you written, or how many do you have in the works? Do you continue to, or do you plan to continue to keep talking about this? deep rabbit hole that you could write more, you could write so much more on it and you still, we still would barely have uncovered it. How do you plan on to keep digging deeper and communicating that out?
0: The article was originally like 4,000 words and I was sending it to some of my other like Bitcoiner buddies and they're like, dude, nobody's going to read all that shit. You got to make it shorter. And I diverged a lot from the point. So I have, um, I've made like five articles out of what I originally had. Uh, okay.
2: Are, are they themed?
0: Uh, yeah. So I have one called um, Bitcoin is psychedelic. Oh, okay. Um, another one called uh, the debasement of money is the cause of clone world. And uh, one about the philosophy of Bitcoin, like if you were to build a philosophy off of Bitcoin, well, uh, what kind of uh, like rules or suggestions would that have? You know, low time preference thinking, right? The general things just in the Bitcoin community that we all kind of do. You know, carnivore diet. Yeah, uh, yeah. How do you uh, have the most energy available to yourself? Right, right. You have energy money now. How do you get how more? How do you,
2: app- how, do you app- how do you apply these things that you're learning practically in your life? Right.
0: Yeah. Don't trust, verify
2: right exactly I, I think that's uh i think that's sounds like good topics so again we we kind of brushed over the fact that you're 20 years old um and you've got a very you know mature understanding a very uh, sophisticated understanding of how the world works how you know society breaks down how how the money system works uh, what, um, how many, like, how many do you read a lot of books? How do you consume the information that you've obviously consumed so much over the past three years?
0: Uh, I think I prefer podcasts, but I read a lot of books also. Uh, like I started with the Bitcoin standard, read sovereign individual, um, fourth turning, uh, VJ by Bi- bullish case for Bitcoin or Jesse Berger. Do you know Jesse Berger? yes yeah. yeah so he actually helped me edit this essay that i made
2: oh nice that's yeah, awesome
0: he's from ontario too so i met him at a couple meetups he's in one uh group chat that i'm in uh, actually i'll talk to you after the show i should add you to this group chat it's uh yeah like the most toxic uh maxi maxi chat there is
2: that's what i <laughs> want to be a part of well um, I, I
0: i heard about you through boomer boomer you know boomer
2: uh I mean, through Twitter, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, you told me about you guys.
2: Hell yeah. Um, like I, I kind of lost. Oh, I was gonna say, you said you're not super technical. Have you? So most of the people that you listed, I mean, are all great. Who I've listened to a lot too. But like, I guess the, I consume the information like podcasts and 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 books to learn about this. Um, but I kind of go through phases where it's like I'm listening to the the economic people the macro guys and then i move on to like guys that are talking about mining have you kind of moved through that space where you found like a, a new part of bitcoin that suit like interests you a great deal yeah. and you just dive down that side rabbit hole
0: definitely like i've gone down all the kind of parts of it try to learn what i could learn from it but the part where i'm like oh i can contribute something here is like the philosophy yes. Kind on of the side, where I can incorporate my other interests into it as well, so I can combine, you know, Bitcoin and film, or you know, you can combine Bitcoin with a lot of things.
2: Right. Would you, um, you know, when you were a teenager, would you can consider yourself like a pretty social guy that was like, uh, extroverted or like?
0: Yeah, definitely. Like social yeah. friend. Okay. So I can get into this. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm on the spectrum. I have autism. Right. Um, when you're younger. That um typically I was different. I was different than most people on the spectrum. I was outgoing, but didn't understand social skills. So Mm -hmm. got bullied a lot through getting bullied. Actually, one of my like controversial opinions is like bullying is good for you, dude. If you're getting bullied, it's because you're probably doing something wrong.
2: Right. No, I agree with that.
0: Fix it. Right. And then
2: doesn't mean it can't go too far, but in general, as a as a as a practice, like it's it's a healthy part of
0: i've had to go uh way too far to the point where it wasn't even bullying anymore but uh yeah um but i found psychedelics actually helped me with uh a lot of the autism social aspects nice that's great it's had a very big impact on my life that has left like year-long lasting changes that i've made because of it you know
2: was it like this like uh some people might call it out of body or ego death or just where you kind of see exactly. yourself from an objective ego standpoint. Death. Right. And you can start to start to see how other people might see you and it's different from how you see you. And that, I feel like that would definitely help
0: you, yeah, you know, exactly. human interaction. Or like I was saying earlier, right? Like you could, uh, make uh, the logical decision in your brain that maybe you should stop doing a certain behavior. Right. But because it's ingrained in you, You'll still mm-hmm. continue repeating it. Right. Then you have an ego death experience. It becomes uh, so in front of your face that it becomes so uncomfortable.
2: You like
0: right. to logic go and you stop doing that. And it's like um, there's a ski hill and you're skiing down it a bunch of times, you make yes,
2: yes I've heard this uh,
0: ego death is the snow that yeah. wipes that out and then you start fresh. And yeah. I felt you can actually like reset your habits completely just from an ego death experience. Every time I have ego death. I can reset my schedule of life to hmm. making my schedule of habits exactly as I want it to be. And then go from there.
2: That's a good way. You, yeah. Sometimes you got to organize your garage. Sometimes you got to organize your habits. Make
0: think you clean your room. like Yeah, season.
2: totally dude. Um, it, how have you, it sounds like you, you made some connections. You go to meetups, you've, I presume you're maybe you've gone to some conferences or you're yeah, I'm about go,
0: to go to one this weekend actually.
2: The Canadian Bitcoin Conference, exactly. Nice, that'll be fun. I was really hoping to make that. We had uh plate licking club on here.
0: Oh, yeah, that's early
2: problem. on. Yeah, um, nice small world. Yeah, well, dude, yeah,
1: we got to go to that conference at some point.
2: Yeah, we, we definitely do.
0: I think it's we
1: got to put, put on a show there. That's what I think.
2: Yeah,
0: we're actually doing shrooms at the after party for that. So, <laughs>
2: damn, this would have been a year to go. Um, hell yeah, man. So we'll definitely want to have you back on here and talk again because I feel like we could go down so many rabbit holes. Um, but why don't you tell people um, where they can find your writing and how they can connect with you? um and just if they want to you know shoot the shit about bitcoin with you
0: oh yeah for How- sure so on twitter um jared weber 21 i'm pretty sure yeah uh okay. 21 acceleration Pleb. uh from there you can find my sub stack pretty sure that's i go by acceleration Pleb on there but it might be under the.
2: it's it's accelerationpleb.substack.com
0: I made the mistake early on of signing up for Twitter with my real name and it just kind of ran with it. But uh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah, right. but it's hyper bitcoinization. I won't care if I say some uh, politically incorrect shit and can't get hired for it.
2: I think that uh when you really uh, when you really understand Bitcoin, or at least from my perspective, is when you realize that uh you can be yourself and you can be public, you can say what you believe. And uh if you really stand stick firm to it nobody can do shit about it
0: exactly dude you're in the states and you were the lead engineer at a major bitcoin exchange and you have a podcast where you like openly smoke weed on it like
2: <laughs> right yeah yeah exactly. that i guess i take that for granted
0: yeah well it's legal in canada i don't know is it legal in uh omaha
2: not technically but it's it's i mean you can pretty much buy it at the store
0: yeah i mean like it's easy to get it's always been easy to get here too but... yeah 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 California it's physics.
2: it's legal
1: where I am, yeah. Oh yeah, California. California
0: right? Yeah, it's been it was like the first place to legalize it. I think it was uh, I can't remember the order of operations there. Uh, I got uh, your opinion on this, Mike. Uh what do you think about Apocalypse now?
1: The oh, movie. Man, you, I'll tell you what I think. I've seen that yeah. movie two little times. I've seen it like once or twice. I don't remember a lot of it. But what I do remember, it's genius. This motherfucking movie, especially just the way it takes you down this just train of thought of this uh, of this dude, and how he gets all the way into that cave, you know, with that with uh, Brando at the end. Yeah, like it's so, it's a it's such a great storytelling, great obviously great uh, filmmaking. I mean, classic. It's it's like a Van Gogh or. I guess that you can compare it a little bit more to a, I don't know, like a, yeah, it's a, yeah. anyway, yeah, it's, my, there's something
2: there. My favorite director is Michael Bay. I don't think anybody <laughs> does it quite like him.
0: Um, but Jared,
2: yeah, uh, thank you. Before we go, I just want to say if if, if 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 you should come to Pacific Bitcoin, and if you can't come oh, to Pacific uh, Bitcoin, uh, Pacific Bitcoins in October. It's uh, in Los Angeles it's because
0: i'm going to the dominican in october actually
2: so it might be tight but um i'll send that to you that information to you uh in the dms or whatever after the show but uh even if it's not that one if it's a different conference that all three of us happen to have tickets to that we run into in the future
0: oh i'm not vaxxed can i come to the states now
2: yeah you can you can come gotcha. now it's fine um we gotta if we're all in the same place, we gotta take oh, mushroom. Totally gotta dead. take take mushrooms and do a recording. I had a
0: fucking great time on this podcast. So
2: Hell yeah. Do mushrooms together and we'll do a recorded oh, psychedelic trip down. conversation.
0: I'm fucking down, man.
2: Hell yeah. So look for that in the future. I have no idea. But Jared, fucking thanks for coming on. You no problem. Wise behind you, yeah. man. Yeah. I fucking love, Congratulations. I love plebs and I love autistic clubs. They're the Fuck best. Yeah, dude.
1: Thanks again for listening to the high hash rate podcast. You can find us on Twitter at high hash rate, or you can hit up Dan at heartland Bitcoin, H R T L N D Bitcoin or myself, Mike at run dance Bitcoin. That's all one word run dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Toledo!